0: This morning we'll be looking at Psalm 59, and Psalm 59 finds David having fled from Saul, fled from his household, because Saul has thrown his third spear at David, and Saul has tried to kill David three times now. Now, I'm not what I call a begrudging person. But if you've tried to kill me once, I'm a little bit weary of you. A second time, and you've really got my attention. But the third spear would be out of the question. There would be no third spear coming at me in my life, Uh, especially after the first two. But, David. When Samuel anointed him, it says the Spirit of God came upon him. And David looks upon Saul, King Saul, as God's anointed. And so David, for him, the only option is to flee from Saul's household. And Psalm 59 records the emotions of David as he looks... For God to protect him. I'm convinced that while David lived in Saul's household, he had many opportunities to take revenge upon Saul. David was a warrior, an excellent warrior, and he had his mighty men later on that will surround him, but he's reluctant, a reluctant warrior especially against whom he considered God's anointed, and that's King Saul. David exercises faith in God to be his protector, to deliver him. And so we'll be reading Psalm 59 in a moment. You may want to turn there. But David was able to separate when to be a brutal warrior where he killed 200 Philistines as a dowry for King Saul's daughter, so David could wed Michal. And when to run and hide from Saul, who he considered God's anointed. So he knew when to be a warrior and when to flee. One of the greatest pearls of wisdom for any of us as Christians in the modern day world, is when and how to choose our battles. When to let things go, and when to take a stand. And I think we face those choices every day where we realize that or not. And each of us, as a believer, has different sins or things that offend us, And, quote unquote, sins that bother us. But since I have this lovely podium, I'm going to tell you a few of mine. (laughs) One of the things that bothers me is what I call prayers that are not directed toward God, but they're prayers to make us sound good. Have you ever heard a Christian pray and not pray in the name of Jesus? I'd listen for that. If someone's asked to pray, i listen to how they close their prayer. I'm not one who wants to hear things like, And we ask all our requests and beseech you, our beloved Father, the Most High God, to hear us. Well... All I want to hear at the end of a prayer is, In the name of Jesus, we pray. (laughs) By praying in the name of Jesus, we're giving Jesus complete authority to answer our prayer in the way Jesus sees fit. We want Jesus, I do, and I'm sure you do too. To disregard foolish requests that I may make. We also want to align ourselves. The most and the best prayer we can pray is when we align ourselves with Jesus and how he prays for us. God cares and loves us too much. Loves us too much to give us everything we ask for. You ever thought back on a prayer that you're glad God didn't answer? Uh, Yeah, I've been there. When we moved to Alabama, Lori and I, my youngest son, moved with us simply because he was out of school and trying to get ready to go to college and been in college a little bit. But uh, my son was, took a job as a waiter and he was infatuated with a coworker. And she was a beautiful young lady, but she was a woman of the world. And my son was smitten by her. At this time, my son and I, we would have a prayer time each and every morning together. And one morning he says, Dad, Is it okay if I pray for this young lady to be my girlfriend? I said, sure, son. God knows what's best anyway. But then I said, son, is it okay if I pray that you find someone else? Being honest, we were being gut honest with one another. Dad's prayer prevailed. But not because I'm more spiritual. Because we both prayed for different results, but we prayed in the name of Jesus. And God was doing what was best for my son, and he was relieving a father. (laughs) When my son met his eventual bride-to-be, a fine young Christian lady, we were both glad that God answered the prayer the way he chose But we're not always privy. We're not always knowledgeable of the desires of God when we pray. And one of the last things we want to do is impose our will upon God, even if he would allow it. So let's read now Psalm 59. And David will cry out to God with deep concerns for his very life. Psalm 59, deliver me. We'll read the first 15 verses only. Deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Defend me from those who rise against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloodthirsty men. For look, they lie in wait for my life. The mighty gather against me. Not for my transgression nor my sin, O Lord. They run and prepare themselves through no fault of mine. Awake to help me and behold. You therefore, O Lord, God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to punish all the nations. Do not be merciful to any wicked transgressor. Selah. At evening they return, they growl like a dog and go around... The city, indeed they belch out of their mouths, swords are in their lips, for they say, Who hears? But you, O Lord, shall laugh at them, you shall have all the nation in derision. I will wait on you, Lord, God of my strength, for God is my defense. My God is merciful, shall come to meet me, God shall let me see my desires on my enemies. Do not slay them lest my people forget, scatter them by your power, and bring them down, O Lord our shield. For the sin of our mouth, no, for the sin of their mouth, and the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride, and for the cursing and lying which they speak. Consume them with wrath, consume them that they may not be. And let them know that God rules in Jacob to the ends of the earth. Selah. And at evening they return. They growl like a dog and they go all around the city. They wander up and down for food and howl if they are not satisfied. We'll do the last two verses a little later. Notice David gets right to the point. Deliver me. Defend me. Again, verse 2, deliver me and save me. We don't have to prepare God for our prayers. We can get right to the point of our need. Do you ever notice how, when things are a real need in your life, you have you have a way of getting right to the point with God? Well, David does that. This setting of David is Saul. Has sent his guards to bring David before him to arrest David, and they are out watching David's house. And they're waiting to just take him. David understands this about Saul's guards they're workers of iniquity, they're premeditated sinners who are bloodthirsty. That's who you surround yourself to be your guard. You don't want someone who's afraid to use his weapons. And Saul's guards are not afraid to use their weapons. And they're after David. These men that are seeking David are evil men with evil motives. Thus we hear David cry out, Lord, these men lie in wait for my life. And Lord, these men are mighty who come against me. They come against me, God. And then David says something that's rather unusual. He says, and you know, Lord, I am not guilty of any sin against them. That's a good thing to be able to say. Then in verse 4 and 5, David is uh, polite, yet he's very dramatic. And he calls for God to awake. Now, that's unusual. You're going to tell God to be awake. Awake to help me, Lord, and awake to punish all sinners who come against your servants. Have you ever found yourself praying that? Help me, Lord. Those who surround me are bloodthirsty. And David becomes totally or completely unpolitical correct <laughs> i don't i don't like politically correct speaking anyway he said god my god the god of israel the god of mercy and grace do not be merciful to any wicked transgressor wow david's calling out for a lot there now to pray against a person or a system, I think it's important that you be sin-free. David isn't approaching God being guilty of revenge or anything else. He's sin-free. He's a non-transgressor. So David feels he has the right to pray against his enemies. He has not transgressed against Saul, He has not transgressed against the law of Moses. David has only shown respect and told loyalty towards Saul in his kingship. Therefore, David is bold. Very bold in his request of God. Awake, God, to help me. I'm your child and I'm in trouble. Help me. And then we hear David say something I think many of us are a little bit shy or afraid to pray. Do not be merciful to any of Saul's guards who rise up against me. Do not be merciful to these men who want to harm me, Lord. Don't show them mercy. But what has brought David? A man after God's own heart. To this point where he prays for God. Not to be merciful. David. Has received. He's been the recipient of love and loyalty. From Saul's own son Jonathan. David has received the same loyalty from his wife. Michal. Who is Saul's daughter. David. David has been in the service of King Saul. He has played his harp and sang songs also to calm down a man that Scripture says is oppressed by an evil, demonic spirit. David's been right there to minister to Saul. The things that David was exposed to in Saul's household, if they were revealed... I'm sure they would be bizarre, and I'm sure they would be sinful. We know that Saul has tried to murder David three times right there in the palace. And for the lack of a better term, David has earned the right to pray against Saul's guards or his henchmen. Saul has surrounded himself with men like himself, workers of iniquity. But I would pause, and I'm sure you would too, to ask God to awaken. That's just a bold statement by David. Awaken to my cause, God. There's evil men trying to harm me. Awaken to what I'm facing. Go against your nature to be loving and merciful. I want you to go against that, God. For these wicked transgressors who seek to kill me. In verses 6 and 7, we hear David describe his enemies, and they are like dogs. We're not talking about good little pets. (laughs) We're talking about vicious type pack of wolves dogs who ravage neighborhoods and areas and doing all that they do. They growl, and I like it how it says, they belch out threats. (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) graphic. Belch out threats. Verse 10, but he says, they're of a different spirit. My God, you are merciful unto me, and I want to see, I shall see my desire upon my enemies. David is praying with total confidence that God would be a just God and see the predicament that he's in and that his enemies desire to kill him and David is bold in his prayer. Verse 12, the sin of David's enemy, pride and it's coupled with cursing and lying. Those are two bad traits. These are three in-your-face type sins. They're there for everybody to see. I do not like being around this type of behavior when I see it. You ever been around men? I'm talking primarily to you. You ever been around other men who drop the F-bomb just constantly? After a while, that that becomes wearisome. Some will continue when they find out you're Christians, and others will apologize, (laughs) but not all. I was playing in a golf tournament here recently, and the guy knew that I was a pastor, and he said something, he said, stuff happens. (laughs) Stuff happens? I said, I want to thank you for cleaning that up on my behalf. (laughs) And I did. I thanked him because we all know what he was wanting to say. But David, he wants God to consume these men in his wrath and let them know that God rules in Jacob or God rules in Israel. But notice what comes out of sinful people and I wish it was only male as in uh, male versus female, but it comes out of sinful people, cursing, lying, and pride. They're the earmarks of a sinful person. I was flying to California one time and I'm flying by myself for some reason, Lori wasn't with me. And I'm going out to see my daughter and see the grandkids And I'm on that ramp where you board a plane, going down to the airplane, and I'm following two mothers who are pushing strollers. And these women are dropping the F-bomb constantly and not quietly. And I'm just hoping, Lord, don't put me in a seat next to them. God answered that prayer. (laughs) I didn't have to sit and listen to that. Back to David. Let's finish Psalm 59, verses 16 and 17. Here was what David did. But I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning, for you have been my defense. You've been my refuge in the day of my trouble. To you, O my strength, I will sing praises, for God is my defense. The God of my mercy. David declares, I will sing of your power. I will sing aloud of your mercy. I will praise you for defending me. And thank you, Lord, for being my safety, my refuge, in my times of trouble. God is David's strength. David will sing praises to God for his safety before Saul and his guards. David enjoys God's mercy, and he can't help but break into song. And we hear David write many songs in the Psalms. David was a praising-type person, a great writer, by the way, too. So this morning... I want us to close in a song of praise. I don't know what song the worship team has for it. I'm just glad they showed up to (laughs) lead us in worship. Our regular worship folks are all out of town, but hey, that's all right. We'll still praise the Lord. But whatever song we close in, it will be a praise song. Sing it as unto the Lord for his goodness to us. Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer.